For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's your boy Dylan at Thunder Chats here. Coming to you with another word from our sponsor, betonline.ag. And with our partnership with Believe, BetOnline's been there from the beginning. And so, for them, I've got to tell you, football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is capital letters B-L-E-A-V to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. Welcome. Oh, wow. There it is. There it is. I did it again. Wow. Welcome back. Wow. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Top Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, the one that uh, can't use the English language, uh, Dylan Hunting wow. at Thunder Chats. Yeah, and uh, I'm joined by, um, well, I was about to say Hi, pod I'm father. Alex. I'm going to say pod <laughs> brother. My pod brother here and uh, Alex Roig, the guy that's making fun of my English. So, Alex, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. All right, man. Hey, there's been, you know, I think last night marked what was that the ninth or the tenth game played without Shea Gilders Alexander? Uh, you know what? I actually have that pulled up. Hold on, let's see. All right, this means actually, actually, no, I actually wrote some things down, man. Let's a uh, nice little thought exercise. Okay, but looking out the paper and everything. Um, so in November, you talk about in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like basically nine, nine games. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. <clears throat> I thought it might be ten. I think, I think ten was the amount of games that I said that he would likely miss because they're talking about him being out through the All Star break. So you know mm-hmm. maybe he comes back that next game right after the All Star break, but you know he never know. But um, I mean he was. He was uh, hopping around a little bit, you know, kind of, kind of easily on that. Uh, at that, uh, was it a New York game or? Oh, was he really? Did he have another instant? Uh, like last? No, no, year? he didn't. No, he didn't. No, no. 
He only hit you. He just he, he looked fine. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. I, I thought you. Which, know. Let me not say that. Let me not say that because then that you know that yeah. feeds into the speculation. Of, oh, they're holding him out because he's not injured. They want to tank. No, that was a pretty bad ankle injury. Yeah, for sure, man. And I'm like, <clears throat> you know, even if he's like fine now like it's the game before the all-star break like let's not risk anything you know it's not gonna do anything to let you play that game like you know just make sure you're 150 percent fine before you know maybe we try you out and you know speaking for myself you know the guy wearing the him hoodie you know check it out top of thunder podcast (laughs) uh shop online on bonfire um you know like one of the biggest Shea fans in the world. Like I miss watching Shea play at basketball. Like I'm very eager to see him back on the court. But with that being said, in his absence, and not only his absence, but most recently Lou Dort's absence, these young guys are stepping mm-hmm. up and showing out. And yeah, I mean, I'm just uh. You know, there's two of us. We're not going to need no single large item because it would be like three of us each. But I, I, I just want to take a second to just wax poetic on these young guys, man, because, like, Josh Giddy, um, what is it now? He's had a back-to-back-to-back triple-doubles. Yep, three in a row and four on the season. Three triple-doubles. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure on this. I need to fact-check it. Maybe I will whenever you're, <clears throat> you know, you're making your point. I believe Russell Westbrook had either three or four triple doubles in his rookie year. I can look that up right now. All right, yeah, you, you can look that up while I'm kind of talking about this. So, like, you know, we've seen all along Giddy is a great rebounder. He's got tremendous feel for the game, tremendous passer. And the thing early on that hindered him from getting his assists was, you know, his teammates making the shots. And that remains to be a hurdle for Giddy this year, but you know, um, when you have guys like Trey Mann, who's also been playing out of his mind, 30 points in the garden, like, I mean, how you doing? Um, you know, when you have guys, you know, showing out like that, Baisley, who's had a phenomenal, like, 10-game, 20-game stretch here recently, like, <clears throat> it's easier to pick up those assists, but he's able to, you know, do, do the thing that we thought would be hardest for Giddy was score the basketball. And you know he's not so underscoring, but okay, good. So over, so over Russell Westbrook's first three seasons in the league, guess how many triple doubles he had? It's either four, which is what Giddy has, or zero, which would be astounding. So you can count them on one hand. He had five total in his first ah. three seasons. I see. I mean, just that kind of puts it into perspective. Like, you know, Giddy has four already in his rookie year. You know, we talk about Russell, and Russell is the triple-double king. But, like, this guy has all the tools to, you know, kind of kind of do that into his career as far as being a triple-double king into his career. Um, all he needs is probably – you know, some guys around him that can make shots. And so that's what the Thunder are working on. But once he gets that, if he gets that, you know, if he get, you know, I, I almost like looking at how Giddy plays, I almost want to see what he would have looked like if Golden State would have taken him at seven. Mm-hmm. I believe that would have been amazing. <clears throat> I believe that guy would have been averaging at least 12 assists as a rookie. 
Oh yeah, easily. I mean, with all the shooters around him, like it's, yeah. just just imagine. Like people forget, like you know, we're over. Like we've been overachieving this month, like no doubt about it. <clears throat> and a lot of it is because how hard these guys play, how they never give up, how they never roll over. You know, no matter what the opponent is, like all those cliches in the book, like you know, for all those reasons, we've been overachieving. But like we're still the worst three point shooting team in the league. Yes. <laughs> Like we still have the worst spacing in the league, and you know, Giddy's getting it done in spite of it. And I have a hot take, man. Um, I I don't know if you're ready for it. I haven't discussed this with anybody, I haven't put it on Twitter, I haven't been very active on Twitter the past month, anyways. But um, I'm gonna share it here. I think Josh Giddy is the next player. I'm not saying it's gonna happen this year, next year, whatever, but I think that he. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call my shot and say he's without a doubt the next player, but I think that he is on the short list of the next guy to be able to average a triple double for the entire season. Another guy in the Oklahoma City franchise that does that—that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. Like, I mean, you know, the the leg up that he has on Russell Westbrook is his height. You know, he's six foot nine. Six foot ten, you know, he's he's in there with the trees and he can battle with the trees easily. He doesn't have to have to expend so much energy trying to get rebounds like Russell Westbrook does. Even though mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook has energy for days, like that's not even in question. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I do think that Giddy just has physical tools that allow him to do it a little bit easier. Um, and you know, that's it's gonna be kind of a situation like a like a like a want situation, like he's gonna have to purpose purposely try to average a triple double but he has the tools to do it and mm-hmm. so if he ever gets into a season where either he has great shooters around him great scores around him um or whatever you know he'll be able to do it i think i think he'll be able to do it yeah for sure man and like so here's my question for you here's my question for you i'm, I'm gonna wait a little bit but but you know we're talking about this can can Giddy and SGA coexist to each meet their potential? Um, and the only reason I say that, only reason I, so the little thought exercise that I did. So I looked at the mm-hmm. games in which SGA has missed over the season, over this season, and Giddy has played. Um, so it's going to be 13 games. So the Thunder are four and nine in those 13 games. That's a that's a pretty pretty much a 31% win rate. It's the same win rate as when SGA and Giddy play together. Um, during that time that SGA is not playing, Giddy is averaging 16.4 points, nine rebounds, 8.1 assists, on 46.5% shooting from the field and 32.7% shooting from three point uh, from the three-point line on 3.8 attempts. Um, when he plays without SGA, when they lose, it's just by an average of 10.4 points. It's not, so it's not anything astronomical. It's not like, oh my gosh, when they lose, they're getting blown out every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they win, they win by 7.5 points. So I guess my question is every triple double that he's had has been without SGA. And it's very, you know, they're very, very young in their careers as far as playing together. You know, I guess my question is, can they, can their coexistence 
coincide with their prime ability to play on the court? I think so. I think, you know, I spent the offseason beating the drum that Shea is a point guard. He identifies himself as a point guard, and we should treat him like a point guard. He should be considered a point guard, you know, in NBA circles. And then, you know, Presti goes and drafts Josh Giddy, this generational passer, the guy who, you know, can create so many shots, not only for himself, but for his teammates uh, with the ball in his hands. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, we really saw, obviously, Shea with the ball in his hands. And anytime Shea's been on the court, you know, um, he's kind of had ball dominant possessions. But at the same time, you know, they've both been trying to learn just that, how to coexist. But I think that, you know, obviously Shea's going to have the ball in his hands. Like, you're not going to be able to take the, the ball out of your best player's hands. But I think in terms of facilitating, um, you know, like the first, like, you know, chunk of the shot clock whenever you're trying to, like, set something up and run actions, I think the ball should be in Giddy's hands. Um you know, that's not to say that, you know, Shay, go stand in the corner. Like, you know, you're not going to touch the ball in that time. But I, I think that Giddy should be the lead initiator facilitator uh, moving forward. And Shay, who has, you know, had a different role literally every season he's been in the NBA, um, is going to have to take another different role. Uh, you know, it's a role that he's had, but it's not a role that he's had to play in a couple of years. And, you know, Kind of kind of a hybrid of everything that he's learned so far. Like, you know, he's played off ball with Chris Paul. He was ball dominant last year, led the league in drives. Um, you know, you just kind of got to find a happy medium there um, with the time that you have with the ball. And, you know, it's not going to happen this year. Like, they're not just – like, it's too hard to just figure out in one year. Like, it's going to take time for these guys to – acclimate to one another because you know they they've grown accustomed to having the ball in their hands so i i'm optimistic about the fit just because i believe that shay can shoot and i believe that giddy is going to be able to shoot a respectful enough clip um that they're going to be able to provide spacing for each other they're going to be able to give each other room to operate and, you know, just, like, the character of the guys and, like, their attitude and their mindset towards winning and stuff, like, I don't think that they have, you know, they have pride, obviously. They want to win. They want to, you know, be the best they could be. They want to be competitors. But they don't have pride, like, no, this is my ball. Like, <laughs> this is my team. I'm the point guard. I'm the captain. Like, you know, you you don't get to do any of that. I, I think that both Shea and Giddy, that's not really their personality. So, uh that is a long way, the longest way to say yes. I think they can coexist. So no, no worries about this becoming a, you know, a situation where, I mean, let's just say it's a Rand Westbrook situation where, you know, they can coexist and they're great, but eventually they grow tired of each other. Like that's, I mean, that's always been my worry. Like because I, I think that SGA is the one that's going to have to change, not Giddy, because Giddy's a point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just get that put out there. SGA is a scorer that can distribute. Um, and so I think while it's while it's great to have those weapons out there, 
you know, there do there does need to be defined roles. Even though we want to play in this, you know, oh no, positionless, everybody can grab the ball and go. When it's crunch time, everybody has to have a defined role. And so I I just worry about in the future, not right now, but in the future, whenever we are kind of starting to win, starting to contend, playoff runs and stuff like that, if that will creep up and, you know, history will repeat itself with our two stars. Yeah, I hope not. And, you know, obviously, like, you know, I talked about their personalities. Like, when you talk about Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, those are two of the most unique personalities in, like, the history of the NBA. Like, very true. That's very true, yeah. You know, you have the, you know, the the rambunctious, energetic, like, Russell Westbrook, and you have Kevin Durant, who for a few years there, like, his mood and his personality and his mindset changed with, you know, the gust of the wind. So, um, I, I think that – you know, it's definitely possible what you're saying could happen, but I also think that um, that specific example um, is very specific. Um, it not is, specific, it, but it, unique. Yes, it is. And, and you know, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, like you said, their personalities are, are extremely different. And as much as we wanted them to be best buds, you know, on the court and off the court or whatever, that relationship, looking at it hindsight 2020, was never going to work because they're two completely different people, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I do, yeah, I do understand what you're saying. You know, it's a very unique situation. But, I mean, relationships are all unique. So the, the yeah. GDSGA relationship can be extremely unique also as far as how, right. it, how it plays out. As long as Giddy doesn't get mad anytime she refers to him as Troy Bolton, I think we'll be all right. Because <laughs> he, 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 he do be dropping the high school musical references almost any chance he can get. But hey, man, but you know, I, oh, go ahead. I, I did, I, well, no, no, just kind of like talking about teammates ribbing each other. I did enjoy the, uh, the uh, Trey Man yeah. and Josh Giddy interview. Um, that that happened after the uh, was it the New York game? I think it was the New York yeah, game, the next where, game. Yeah, where Trey Man had thirty, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, he's talking about, I guess the Dallas game where he only got twenty nine, he didn't get a thirty spot." Mm-hmm. I just I, I just love that moment. That that you know, it, it just shows the uh, number one. It shows the the youthful joy in playing that sometimes whenever whenever we get to teams that are contending, that kind of goes away. So that was fun to see. And then it kind of shows the relationship between the two rookies. You know, they've come in together. And so I'm pretty sure they share a bond that's probably different than, let's say, you know, Josh Giddy and SGA or Josh Giddy and Dort, you know, because they have a they have a more similar bond together because of how they've come in. So I just thought it was a good moment. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, man. It was it, it, it's extremely funny. Like, um, you know, you talk about, you know, players and personalities like he, I don't know. Like anytime I see Trey in like the media, I don't. I, I hadn't seen a lot of his personality, but I can see that he's as he's starting to get more comfortable in the on the court. He's gotten mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable, you know, in the other aspects of the game. Yeah, and I I, I want to talk about Trey for a little bit because you know, uh, I mean, what I just need to read his stat line for the Knicks game. He was nine of sixteen shooting, four of seven from deep. Eight of eight from the stripe. Like we said, he dropped 30 points in the garden against the New York Knicks. Like, 
it, it was great. And, you know, if you take – let's see here. Let's take us past well, – we'll go nine games just because that seems to be a good measuring stick. Uh, he's shooting 36% from three, uh, averaging almost 15 points a game. I mean, you know, whenever he was drafted, I – I'm not going to say everybody. I kind of freaked out because I felt like it was a little bit of a reach. Um, But at the same time, like, you know, whenever we had Corey on, he talked about, you know, this guy's one of the best shooters in college basketball, one of the best off-the-dribble shooters in college basketball. And I think, you know, obviously now we're seeing it come to fruition in the NBA. Like, that's probably what Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder organization wanted whenever they drafted Trey Man. And, you know, it took some time. Like, Summer League was rough. <laughs> summer it League was. was real rough. And, you know, we, we saw we saw him, you know, go through his growing pains even early on in the season. But, you know, he's gotten a lot more comfortable. He started the past 10 games. And, you know, like I said, he's shooting 36% from three, like, which isn't 40% from three. Like, you know, he's not like some knockdown shooter yet at this point in time. But he could become that, like – and obviously he's still streaky. He's a rookie. I I don't put too much stock in his efficiency or anything like that at this point in time. But dude's just fun to watch, and it, it leads me to a question I want to ask you because today um, Bones Highland was announced to replace. I don't even I don't even know who he was replacing, but he was replacing somebody in the Davion uh, Mitchell. It was Davion. Okay. So, Bones Highland was announced to be replacing Davion Mitchell in the Rising Stars Challenge, which we're going to get into All-Star Week and everything towards the end of the podcast. But, you know, uh, Trey Mann tweeted out, like, you know, Rising Star in this league just didn't get selected for the game. Got Hashtag God's timing. And, you know, it, it's cool. He believes in himself. He's seen all these things. But, like, I, I've got their stats pulled up here, Alex. And... So, for the year, let's see here. Trey Mann is averaging 8.7 points per game. And I'm just going to I'm, I'm just gonna do the other counting stats just for the sake of comparison. 2.2 rebounds, one assist, 0.7 steals. On 38% shooting, 38.3% shooting, which is not great. I'm not saying it is. 36.5 from three. Um, it's know, better. Yeah. And uh, from the free throw line, 75%. You know, we're not talking about free throw lines in the thing, but, you know, just to get the full picture of the splits. Bones Island is averaging 8.8 points per game, 2.7 rebounds, 2 assists, 36.9 from the field, 34.6 from three-point line, 88.1 from the free throw line. So, shooting great from the stripe, but their stats are identical. And now let me let me ask you this. Let me ask ahead. you this. Games played. Can you tell me that? Ah shoot. I just closed out of the window. Because <laughs> I, th- I think Bones has been playing the whole season while Trey yeah. has been kind of in and out. You know, he, he just now recently started getting a lot more playing time, but he's been a you know, he's been in the G League a little bit. And you know, in the beginning of the season, he didn't really play that much. So he's had he's had very loud games very recently. But I think Bones probably has a little bit more of a uh, of a consistent stat line, you know, relative to how many games he's played as as opposed to Trey Mann. 
Yeah, and that's definitely fair. Uh, well, God dang it, I clicked on Trey Murphy. You stupid. <laughs> All right, yeah, so Bones has played in 46 games. Trey has played in, well, Alex, to your surprise, Trey Mann has played in 45 games. Really? It hasn't felt like that. It has not felt like that at all. So, well, then, hey, now. And so, like, (laughs) well, then then now we have to go to team record. Yes. Oh, well, team record, like, isn't, yeah, it's not even a question. But so, like, you got to think about, like, stats comparison, game comparison, like, they're pretty close if Trey doesn't even have the advantage in terms of stats. And then just on the court product, like, you know, we're not talking about, like, winning basketball in the Rising Star Challenge. We're talking about exciting, like, dunks, three-pointing, like, step back, all these things. I, I think an objective NBA fan can say in a vacuum, Trey Mann has potential to be more exciting than Bones Highland. Am I wrong in saying that? No, you're not. You're not. Yeah, and so, like, it sucks. I guess man. more inter- entertainment value Trey Mann probably has Bones beat. But Bones, I mean, Bones is not a bad player. He's, I like he's kind Bones. Of a, I like Bones yeah, coming into like the Bones draft. Too. Like, you know, I mean, he can he can pull it from the logo. Like, that's awesome. Like, he's a great scorer, but, like, Trey Mann can do that too. He yeah. can hit step – like, crazy step backs, generates more space on the step backs than – I'd say he's top five space generator on his step backs in the league right it, now. Here's the, here's the great thing about the Rising Stars game. It's just usually a rookie sophomore thing. So, next year, mm-hmm. you know, if Trey keeps us up, he has a good chance of, uh, you know, of, of being in that game as a sophomore. So, yep. Last thing I say, man, is you know, Trey Mann has surprised some people and, uh, you know, had some crazy dunks as well. So, it would have been a lot of fun to see him, see him out there. Uh, I'm not as crushed because, you know, we would have to see him go against Giddy because Davion yeah. was not on Giddy's team. Um, so, you know, we'll let it slide, but don't sleep on Trey Mann, guys. He's, he's no, nice. definitely not. Love me some Trey definitely Man. not. And, you know, some, you know, people around the league are starting to kind of notice, uh, Trey Mann and, mm-hmm. you know, you have people saying that, who was it? Was it, uh, Steve Jones, Steve Snapper Jones was like, you could be a 20 point scorer in this league. And you're talking about guys that have been in the league for years upon years upon years. I've seen tons of players, um, you know, for for them to say that about him, it's pretty encouraging. It's it's very encouraging, and you know, from where he started to where he is now, I think leaps and bounds as far as his confidence and as far as his his knowledge of what he can do in the game. Like that speed thing. Like here's the thing. Like there's a there's a there was a level of vulnerability with Trey Mann that you don't really see too much in any athlete, not, you know, let, let alone a rookie athlete, but that whole, you know, at the beginning of the year where he was like, look, I'm still learning. I'm still learning the spacing of the game. I'm still learning to see what shots I can get off, what shots I can't get off, how much space do I need? You know, that's something that number one, it's, it's it shows vulnerability on his end. Uh, but it's something that once somebody masters that, once somebody gets that and understands those dynamics of the game, it opens up a whole bunch of different things on 
you know, on the floor. And so I think that's what we're seeing in real time with Trey Mann. And it's awesome to see that because we haven't really seen that in Oklahoma City. We haven't mm-hmm. really seen a microwave score off the bench. Yeah, you had your James Harden. Yeah, you had your, you know, your Reggie Jackson from time to time. You had your Kevin Martin. Um, Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters, yeah. But to see somebody do it from their rookie season and improve so much throughout their rookie year has been pretty awesome to see. Yeah, for sure. And I, um, you know, I know you and Steven had your your little spat about who compared him to Kevin Martin first or not, <laughs> but I, uh, I also remember Steven saying whenever we drafted him, like, he could be our book night. Why can't he be our book night? Because he was so mad that we didn't draft book night at that point in time, which is hilarious. But, that, um, and, and, and we recorded that, and we still have it. Like, we, can, we can go ahead and delete it anytime we want. <laughs> But I just think I just think it's great to have it around just so we can kind of go back and listen and be like, oh my god, we were so wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but the comparison that I want to compare him to, um, kind of that I've seen just in the way he plays his game and not necessarily a ceiling, but kind of like a blueprint for him to follow is Anthony Simons. You know, yes, yeah, you know, they're similar yes. size, they really play similar style of games. And yes, Simon's rookie stats were a lot better. He didn't play as much as Trey, obviously, because Trailblazers were in a much different situation than the Thunder were in Anthony Simon's rookie year. But in terms of like you know, their size, their athleticism, um, their ability to you know get shots off and you know shoot the three ball. Uh, I see a lot of similarities, and you know, if he can fall into that group in that blueprint, whenever it's time to start contending, that's going to be a very valuable piece. And I mean, it, it's taken it's taken Anthony three years to get to that point mm-hmm. where he's at now. Um, but you know, like I said, once that once that understanding hits, and once that you know, once your physical starts to meet up with your preparation and mental part of the game, like you know, looking at Simon's play out there, like Simon's is leading that team. Like that team mm-hmm. has, you know, they, they, they did the trade and everybody thought they were going to go ahead and, you know, start tanking. That team has won six, seven out of their last, you know, 10. And thank and you for that, by the way, Portland. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. But, but yeah, man, and it's all because of him. It's all because of Simon. Simon's out there looking like Dane a little bit, like a thicker Dane. So, you know, if Trey Mann ever reaches that, it'd be awesome. Something to consider, like, Anthony Simons didn't go to college. Uh, I think that he was – when he was drafted, he was listed out of IMG Academy. Um, and Trey Mann, uh, he went two years, right? He was drafted as a sophomore from Florida? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, maybe that polish, maybe it kickstarts his development a little bit farther. Um, you know, maybe he was a little bit more ready for the league than Anthony was at that time. So, you know, who who's to tell? But um, very excited about Trey Man, very excited about Josh Giddy. Um, and yeah, man, our you know, pressy to go with our rooks. Uh, speaking hey, of rooks, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, were you, were you gonna talk about Wiggins? Well, I was gonna start to transition to the next topic. We can talk about Wiggins real quick. Well, no, just I mean, just you know, he got he got his his contract oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. extension. He got his uh his rookie. He's got his two way converted to a real NBA contract. So they gave him the uh you know the Dort special the, you know the uh 
Deontay Burton special. The uh, who, who else can we kind of put into that category? Moses Brown. This, yeah, Moses Brown special. So See, his is you know, a little bit more definitive, though, right? He has like so the rest of this year is guaranteed, next year is guaranteed, then the year after is partially, and then the year after is non guaranteed. Is yeah. that right? Uh, so I think it's um, guaranteed, guaranteed, partial, or non guaranteed, and then team option. Okay. Well, that was yeah. close. Um, but, yeah, like Moses Browns, I think his was, like, guaranteed for the rest of the season, and then everything else after that was non-guaranteed. So, I think his second year was guaranteed. Was it really? Because that's, that's the reason why they could trade him, because it was guaranteed. If, if yeah, it wasn't guaranteed – or, may, or maybe they had the ability to just be like, you know, we'll guarantee it just to make the money work, and then he goes on from there. But, yeah. Going to spot rack. <laughs> well, never mind. My my computer's he's not even on stupid. He, he's not even on the team anymore. Oh, he got cut sure. by the by the Mavericks. Mm, tough, tough to see. Tough to see. Yeah, no, I am uh, very happy for Aaron Wiggins. Um, sad for Casey Apala. R.I.P. to the Thunder Legend. <laughs> Yes, we have so many Thunder Legends now. <laughs> yeah. If you Thunder were... Legend KZ, Thunder Legend Justin Jackson, Thunder Legend Moses Brown, Thunder Legend just all over the place. Oh, who was the guy that Thunder Legend uh, Trevor Reza? There was another one, though, that didn't play a single game. Oh, uh, Thunder Legend James, James Johnson. James Johnson, that's another one. <laughs> Thunder like, Legend Ricky Rubio. It's like Hawks Legend Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we traded him. Um, yeah, man. So like like I was saying, you know, we've we've got a lot of great rookies. You know, we talked about Trey Man Giddy extensively. Uh Wiggins, you know, played his way into that uh, you know, guarantee like full contract off of his two-way deal. J Rod's been hurt, but he's showed some great flashes. So um yeah. you know, let's let's move on to our awards race man so i think you you told me before we started that we've played 52 games uh 58 ah okay i was off by six yeah whatever 52 58 um so obviously we didn't do this at halfway point it's not quite the three-quarter way point so we're gonna do the uh what what would that be the three-fifths point so this is our three-fifths point into the season award picks so uh, Alex, this is gonna be simple, man. You know, let's just uh, let's. I'm gonna pick an award, and you, you know, you kind of give me your pick. I'll give my pick, and we'll give our reasons why. Cool. All right, let's start with Coach of the Year. Who you got for Coach of the Year, my guy? I think it's kind of easy to say somebody like Monty Williams, you know, um, but you know, Phoenix, they were in the finals last year. You know, so it's it's kind of expected that that team is going to be okay. Uh, but my coach of the year is actually going to be somebody that's getting on my damn nerves, and that's Ty Lue. Um, okay. You know, the, the fact that they have kept that team not just afloat, but extremely, extremely competitive um, against, you know, the top teams in the league without their top two players, um, I, I just think is a testament to – to Ty Lue's ability to coach and get the most out of the players that he has on his roster. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. Um, hopefully they continue to lose some games here. Uh, hopefully. 
Uh, like, they play the that. Rockets tonight, so that's a that's a that's a double tanker for us. If yeah, Rockets win. That's yeah. great for us. I think Sublime. Uh, shout out to Dolan and Sublime. I think Sublime referred to it as a reverse stankle breaker. So. Uh, yeah. gonna be looking at the reverse ankle breaker um yeah man um i saw that report that paul george might still return pending his mri is that what the report said i think so i mean it's always been i think it's always been it's always been the case that until <laughs> until that knife cuts into that skin he still had a chance to come back yeah i i don't think he will i don't I don't even think that it would be beneficial for them to come back, especially with Powell being out as long as he is. Yeah. Um, it's – I mean, you know, you got Kawhi and PG and, like, they're a good team. But, like, being realistic, like, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror as, you know, the Clippers organization, do you really think you have a shot with, for a title with just Kawhi, PG, and, like, you know, these spare parts? Like, you know, you have a championship roster. Like, I think the Clippers are – terrifying next year if they're healthy yes but i think this year i think that you'd be better off just kind of cutting your losses and really like i'm not even saying this as a thunder fan like hoping that you lose the rest of your games i think you need to give your young continue to give your young guys looks like amir coffee bj boston like um you know the young like all those young guys like you know put them out there kind of like the thunder are getting these development minutes and uh you know, really diving on their development, like I said. So, I, I would love to see that. But, yeah, Tyloo always gets the best of his players. I think Tyler Parker mm-hmm. was talking about that whenever he was on here. Um, so, that, that's a good pick, man. Um, the favorite, according to – well, it's not FanDuel because they didn't have Coach of the Year, but everything I saw on the favorite was Taylor Jenkins for the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand that as a good That's pick. another one. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going a different way here. I'm going with a team that has overachieved anybody's uh, preseason expectations, specifically to how they finished last year when they found themselves at the number three spot in the lottery. And now they are near the top of the standings in the Eastern Conference. And I'm going with J.D. Bickerstaff and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. I think, you know, just the proof's in the pudding, man. Like, when you finish when you finish at the bottom of your conference and you're, like, in striking distance at the top of your conference in a one-year turnaround, like, Evan Mobley's great. And, you know, we're going to talk about Rookie of the Year later on. But he isn't – like, he doesn't – he doesn't make that dramatic of a swing. There's a lot that goes into it, and, you know, Darius Garland's development, Jerry Allen's development. Like, there's a lot of things that go into it. But, like, going into the season, you lost somebody that you thought was going to be your best player in Colin Sexton. And I have my opinions on Colin Sexton. But, like, talent-wise, he's one of the best, better players that was going to be on your roster. And they took it in stride. It didn't affect them at all. And I think that's a testament to the head coach and the coaching staff. So, uh, my pick is going to be J.D. Bickerstaff even though Taylor Jenkins probably has a great claim because they are also near the top of the Western Conference, and they finished – what was it? They was like – They finished they, eighth, Russian? Yeah, they was like eight, nine, or ten. I couldn't remember. So, yeah, they made a great jump too. But, I mean, what Cleveland's done, like their jump, like it's it, it's a lot more impressive to me. So, well, I agree. And, and look, 
coach of the year is always going to be a, an award that goes to the coach whose team overachieved. And, you know, definitely those two teams have overachieved. And Cleveland, you know, Cleveland, to their credit, you know, they had Colin Sexton out at the beginning of the year, and he's probably going to be out the rest of the year. Um, and then they lost, you know, their their big-time vet that was a stabilizing factor in, in Ricky Rubio mm-hmm. uh, to a torn ACL. And, you know, I really thought that they were going to start to kind of, you know, go back to their old ways and kind of start to lose because, you know, so much, you know, so many injuries, so many changes to the rotation. Um, but they've actually, you know, kept going and kept on and, and that, that bodes well for their future. Um, so definitely I can, I can see, I can see the, the, the three people that we talked about being the top three um, coaches in the coach of the year ballot. For sure. Also shout out to former Thunder legend, Billy Donovan. Uh, could also get some coach of the year love yeah. for the Japanese. And Monty, and Monty Williams. Yep. yep. There's some, there's some good options out there. I mean, we're going to jump into the rookie of the year. You know, we the aforementioned Evan Mobley is the favorite, and I don't think that you're going to get too much con- contesting out of me or Alex on him getting rookie of the year. But surprisingly to me, I'm looking at FanDuel Sportsbook. Number two on the rookie of the year odds at plus 850 is Josh Getty. Oh, he's, he's bumped himself up, man. He's leaped himself above Scotty Barnes and Kate Cunningham at plus 900 and Franz Wagner at plus 2100. And he is behind only Evan Mobley at negative or at minus 310. So Josh Giddy's getting some love, man. And I mean, what? Like, we've talked about it. Like, Josh Giddy isn't going to lose a, you know, a rookie of the month in the Western Conference. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But no, he's not. probably not going to win rookie of the year because of what Evan Mobley's been able to do on both sides of the ball on a winning team. Um, so, sadly, I don't think Giddy's really has a shot. I think it would be cool if, like, I, I don't want to say it, but, like, you know, if Shea was to have to miss more time and Giddy, you know, had to put the team on his back for the rest of the year, and he averaged like near triple double for the rest of the year. You know, they overachieve, won a couple games, <coughs> and you know, maybe oh, oh my Mo- God, that's a that's a nightmare scenario. Just <laughs> yeah, to get I know. The rookie of the year award, stop right there. Well, not even the rookie of the year. Like I think that it would be enough to get him like maybe co rookie of the year honors, but like oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think there's a shot for him to overtake Evan Mobley. Like it would take a lot for Josh Giddy to. Um, yeah. get on Mobley's level, but yeah, I mean, do, do you have any uh, objections with Evan Mobley's rookie of the year? Is that your pick, also, sir? Yeah, not at all. That, that's my pick, also. Um, with, with the caveat that if I honestly think if Josh Giddy gets up to about like 10 triple doubles, I think this, this race becomes a lot closer. Are you telling uh, me people but, care about arbitrary numbers? I mean, as long as it's not, you know, me and old Russell Westbrook, of course, you know, of course they care about it. Anytime Luka Doncic was doing it when he was in his rookie and second year, they were like, oh, my gosh, this guy is great. So, yeah. So, yeah. I'm with it, man. All right, moving on to the six-man of the year award. Um, Ooh, six-man. <clears throat> Trey man qualify. I know, right? Uh, I'm going to look and see if he's even on the list of odds. Terrence Mann is on the list. 
No, uh, Trey Mann missed the cut. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go Tower Hero, man. You know, Miami Heat have been the, – they jumped back into this year after, you know, kind of having a hiccup after the bubble from last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, in spite of injuries to Bam and Jimmy Butler, you know, they've they've maintained themselves as the number one team in the East. Uh, they're well coached, you know, heat culture, all that good jazz. But, like, Tower Hero – you know, after a flamethrower season in the bubble, he struggled last year just like the team did, and they kind of relegated him to the bench. And instead of sulking about it, he's really embraced that role. Uh, he's become an absolute killer there, uh, just yeah. like we, we always knew he was. Hashtag Hero KC, it will never die. <laughs> he's been a certified bucket. He's a stabilizing force whenever, you know, his um, – whenever he comes in for relief. So, yeah, I, I got Tower Hero as as my pick, and he is also the leader at minus 750, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, another one where we agree. Like, I don't really – like, I honestly had a, uh, a thought about Patty Mills earlier in the season um, when yeah. everybody was – you know, when everybody was healthy on that team and that team was not so much in flux because of trades and things like that. Um, but, you know, he's, that team has kind of gone by the wayside with all the injuries and all the <clears throat> influx stuff. So, with that said, I totally agree with you, Tyler Hero, big fan of the year. I'll tell you who I thought was going to win, like in a landslide at the early part of the year, Jordan Clarkson. But – Man just kind of fell off a cliff after that first part he of the did. year. He got he got very inefficient, man. Like like really inefficient. Let me ask you something about Utah. Just kind of di- you know, just kind of diverting that way. Yep. Do you think that? Do you think their window is completely closed? Mm, it's hard to say, man. Because I mean, if you've got. <clears throat> If you got Michael Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert, I think you're always going to have a fighting chance. But, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, Ingles was so important for them. And, you know, I, I know that they they have other guys on the roster that can really, you know, step up and fill in. But I, like, <clears throat> like, I think you literally need, like, 45 points from Donovan Mitchell every night to win in the playoffs. And what's crazy is he can do it. Like he, he can do it. Yeah, he's done it before, but I don't think he can do it for sixteen to twenty games. Yeah, you know, and so that's probably fair. And so, if that's what you're asking of of your superstar, you're not a very well constructed team built for you know to win in the playoffs. And I think, you know, I honestly think that the relationship between Mitchell and Gobert probably behind the scenes is not as good as we would like it to to think that it is. So. It's just gotten worse and worse and worse, man. And like you know, you've seen, <clears throat> you've seen in uh, years past, like it's hard to play Rudy Gobert like closing in playoffs yeah. because of his inability to guard in the perimeter, um, his inability to space the floor on offense. Like he's great for what he is, and like he's listed as the favorite for the Defensive Player of the Year. Like he's. You know, he's a phenomenal defender. You know, he cleans up around the basket. Like, he gets all kinds of dunks. He's spearheading my fantasy team. Um, but, you know, 
he kind of is what he is, and he he limits he. I think he limits your ceiling personally, like kind of like Stephen yeah. Adams limited our ce- ceiling with, you know, what he didn't do. So yeah, I I think I'm not gonna slam it shut yet, but I think that it's it's starting to it's starting to close, man. There's a there's a nice gust outside blowing it close. Yeah. Um, well, man, speaking of defensive player of the year. Uh, Rudy Gobert is the favorite. Um, if he wouldn't have got injured, I would have picked Draymond. Yeah, he's he's still number two on here. Uh, I I just think by the end of the year, um, it's not going to matter because you know Rudy Gobert gets his Defensive Player of the Year for like what he's able to do around the basket. But the guy that I'm picking, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Does it around the basket, and he also does it on the perimeter. I think he's one of the most versatile defenders the league's ever seen. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm going Giannis. I'm I'm gonna go Rudy, man. Like just watching, like when I do watch Utah games, mm-hmm. like his ability to shut down any type of driving, like it, it becomes to the point where after he blocks a couple shots, like people literally drive into the lane, see him. And then dribble it out. Like that's you know, that's that's to me that disrupts an offense big time. Yeah. Um so I still think it's Rudy Gobert this year. He's he's been awesome when I've seen him. That is fair, man. <clears throat> he is the stifle tower for a reason. He is. <laughs> Moving on to most improved player of the year. This is always the one that is up for the most debate. So I'm gonna let you start us off, man. Who is your pick for most improved player of the year? Uh, so my pick is Ja Morant. Like, I think he has taken his game up leaps and bounds, and you know, much of much of, of Milwaukee, Memphis's success this season has been with the giant leap that he's taken in his third year. You know, there was a point, in the, you know, near the beginning of the season where he was averaging like thirty points a game. Like he was doing stuff that only a few players in the league had ever done. He's kind of come back to earth a little bit. Um, but he is still, he is still, you know, one of the top point guards in the league. Um, and, you know, kind of bordering on, you know, kind of knocking on the door as, as best point guard in the league type thing. So I, I think John Morant is, is my most improved player. Yeah. He's the popular one. He's the one that, um, will probably win <clears throat> and he's been great. Like, you know, the jump that he's made, like he's, he's up to his points, uh, you know, seven points from last year. But if you're going, you know, and uh, he's probably going to win. Like, I'm, I'm just saying that. But yeah. I do want to give a shout-out to his teammate. Um, Desmond Bain. Man, it looks like Saquon Barkley in the basketball court. Uh, <laughs> Desmond Bain, like in the spirit of the award, has upped his points, almost eight points a game, which is the biggest jump of anybody that is, you know, in the running for most improved. Like <clears> – <throat> I, I just think as important as Jaws been and like he's absolutely spearheaded it, but like you you don't jump up five positions like in the standings in the West by yourself. True that, true, yeah. And Desmond Bank, like obviously Jerry Jackson Jr., like he's had a good year this year as well. I'm like, you know, they've got a great team around there, a bunch of working parts. But mm-hmm. Desmond Bain, his ability to stretch the floor. And like his attitude, his ability, you know, to guard 
um, the guard position. Like, I think that he's really helped to push that team over the edge. Um, you know, Jaw's obviously spearheading that, but like, I feel like Bane's pushing Jaw, uh, so to speak. So, I just want to yeah, give man, a I, shout out to Bane. <laughs> I think I think Memphis's rise has coincided with all their players kind of, you know, making that jump. Like, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. was injured last year and and hardly played. So, you know, him being able to play and him being able to come back healthy and, and play, you know, the style of basketball that he plays as far as being, you know, a very multifaceted big man, Desmond Bain, being able to hit, you know, threes, being able to to guard multiple wing positions, and then John making his jump. Like, I think – that has helped Memphis get to the point where they're at, where they're at now. And that's, you know, when you look at a young team, like Memphis is, what is it? They're like, they're the second or third youngest team in the league. Um, you know, whenever you look at that, that's the trajectory that you want the Thunder to take here in the next two seasons. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're able to kind of mimic that and, and do a, a jump like that. Yeah, for sure. Also want to just give a shout out to Miles Bridges and Darius Garland who have, also, just you know, taking a, <clears throat> a tremendous jump, and um, you know, definitely deserve deserve recognition. Uh, a talent, ton of talent in the league. Absolutely, man. It's it's a good time. It's a good time. All right, MVP, man. This is the big one. Um, it could be unanimous, but I don't know. I haven't talked to you about this. Uh, I'm going Joel Embiid. You know, uh, everything he's been I'm, able to. I'm do. going Troel. Troel Embiid also. <clears throat> There we go. Everything he's been able to do up to this point without, you know, his running mate and Ben Simmons, um, you know, spearheading uh, this team to, like, you know, near the top of Eastern Conference uh, with just dominant, like, absolutely dominant performances. Uh, I just saw a second ago. Oh, it's gone now. Well, I just saw a second ago. He put up another 40-piece with, like, 15 rebounds. Yeah, 42, 14 rebounds, five assists, and 76ers beat the Bucks 123 to 120. That's a big game and Harden didn't play, right? No, he did not. Yeah, like he's still doing he's still doing though without any help, man. Like he's he's a monster. He's something else. But I mean yeah, hey, shout out to to Jokic. He's also doing the same thing. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, he doesn't have too much help over there in Denver. Jamal Murray's out. Michael Porter Jr. has been out. And he's still carrying that team. And, you know, Denver's still, what is it, like they're sixth in the in the West, five or six in the West. Um, with those guys slated to come back. And the only reason Denver is there is because on a nightly basis, Jokic is putting up almost triple doubles every night. Um, you know, so shout out to him. He won it last year. Um, but I do think last year the competition between Jokic and Embiid would have been a lot closer if Embiid hadn't gotten hurt at the end of the season mm-hmm. um, and so this year you know he's been relatively healthy knock on wood and hopefully he stays healthy throughout the the end of the season and into the postseason and if that happens I do believe that he will win his first MVP absolutely man yeah I've I like Jokic has been great like, you know, don't get me wrong. And Jokic was my pick for MVP last year. So, like, shout out Jokic for making me look smart for once. Um, but Embiid does what Jokic is doing offensively and, like, in terms of, like, being a leader and carrying your team through adversity. But he also does it defensively, too. Like, this is a guy that, you know, 
he wasn't on that list this year, but like for the past like few years, he's been on that list of like deploy candidates. Um, and, and while also dominating the game offensively. So I, I think that definitely pushes him over the edge. But, uh, man, we've got some exciting times coming up this weekend. And it's All-Star Weekend. We're going to get into that here in a second after a word from our sponsors. Hey, guys. Alex here from Topic Thunder. Uh, i got a question for you. So what's more important than peace of mind? Absolutely nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. With all the threats that you face today on the internet, whether you're on your computer, whether you are on your phone, whether you are on your tablet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. $4 a month. That's a cup of coffee nowadays. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and protect your assets that you have online and get Nord to help you with that. That's NordVPN. All right, man. So, All-Star Weekend. Uh, we got a long list of events that starts Friday, carries into Saturday, and then All-Star Game on Sunday. <coughs> so, we're going to kick it off with an event that is underappreciated, under-talked about, but I have to get your official prediction, Alex. Celebrity All-Star Game, Coach oh, Bill God. Walton versus Coach Dominique Wilkins. Bill Walton is Jimmy Allen, Noah Carlock, Brittany Elena, who is famously Patrick Mahomes' fiance. Machine Gun Kelly, Derricka Hamby, Nigel Houston, Matt James of Bachelor fame, Quavo, Ranveer Singh, Alex Toussaint, and the NBA legend Anderson Verjao versus annual AA, Mayor Justin Bibb, Kane Brown, Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns, Booby Gibson, NBA legend, Tiffany Haddish, that, that's worth the price of admission right there, Jack Harlow, Krista Jackson, Anjali Ranadive, and Gianmarco Tamberi. So, uh, Alex, after I've read those rosters, who is your pick for the Celebrity All-Star game? So, it'll be the second team, only because – so <laughs> No, 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 no. Only because I am a huge reggaeton fan. You know, I listen to reggaeton music. Okay. And Anuel AA is he's one of the best reggaetoneros out there in the game. He's one of the best, you know, Spanish rappers out there in the game. So um, I'm going to go with them just because of Anuel. All right. Well, I'm sorry that I butchered his name. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I I think they'll be really good, too. Uh, Miles Gary, I saw a video of him playing basketball the other day. and like, Oh, I know. He was just yoking and dunking <laughs> on people. Man. Ridiculous. So That's like that's like today that, like, I saw 
I saw a, a tweet that had um, that showed Aaron Donald in you know celebrating the the championship, and he was shirtless throughout the mm-hmm. whole throughout the whole thing. Like I thought man. Aaron Donald. I thought Aaron Donald was like a very athletic, chubby guy. Yeah, no. hell <laughs> nah. This dude is a freaking Adonis out there, man. Like I was like, damn, how? How is that hidden in all those pads and everything, man? Like I know, my, I know Miles Garrett is a beast out there. Like I know he's, you know, he's just a beast. But I always thought Donald was just like a very athletic, chubby guy. I guess not. I guess he's very built, you know, very athletic <laughs> in all realms. So gotta step my game up. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's all something that said he was over three hundred pounds with ten uh, percent body fat. So. That is crazy. Yeah, he's he's a monster, man. But uh, now Quavo, he's a hooper too. Uh, he's won a few celebrity All Star Game MVPs. So who's your, who's your pick for MVP before we move on? Uh, uh yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can't wait to see that, but it's going to be so funny. We, it's a guilty pleasure of mine and my wife, like. My wife will sit and watch the Celebrity All-Star Game just because, like, uh, she knows a lot of these people and it's funny. It's going to be really I'm never, funny. I'm never able to watch it because I'm usually at work. Yeah. Because it's, it's usually on a Friday. Like, Saturday mm-hmm. and Sunday, you know, the, the, the one on Friday, I'm usually not able to necessarily watch it. So, yeah. So, hey, maybe, maybe now that I have some skin in the game, maybe I'll go ahead and uh, watch it. There you go, man. Well, you know, we talked about it a second ago, uh, the NBA Rising Stars game. And, you know, our boy Josh Giddy is going to be playing in that game. Uh, he's on probably the weirdest roster that is on in this little it competition really here uh, with Cole Anthony, Marjon Bochamp, uh, Jalen Green, Herb Jones, Tyrese Maxey, and Jalen Suggs for Team James Worthy. Uh, how this is done is they will have four teams of seven comprised of 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, and four G League at night players. Now they're going to play in a tournament, and whoever's less standing wins. So, um, obviously, we root for our boy Josh Giddy to succeed. <clears throat> He's got the odds stacked against him with the team that he has, but, you know, that's besides mm-hmm. the point. Uh, Alex- I mean, we, we say that. We say that. Like, efficiency-wise, yes, I could see that. But mm-hmm. it's a bunch of gunners on his team, so – I, I think he's going to have like a crazy like 18 assist game because if one of those guys or a couple of those guys catch fire, which, you know, guys usually do in all-star games, mm-hmm. he can literally have like 15 assists pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like the only thing that I think is going to hurt them is their lack of size <laughs> because – uh, Rick, yeah. Rick Barry's team has uh, Evan Mobley and Alperin Shingoon and Wagner. Um, Isaiah's team has Precious and Isaiah Stewart. And Gary Payton's team has Scotty Barnes, Jay McDaniels. Uh, they're they're kind of lacking size too, but yeah. So I think I think James Worthy is going to go ahead and suit up. Oh, be the big man in the middle. We need it. We need it for the culture. So. Um, yeah, uh, we're, we're picking team worthy there because, you know, we don't root against our boy Giddy. Not he's, never that. He's going to show out. Uh, speaking of Giddy, he's also p- competing in the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. 
with like the most unorthodox team thing I've ever seen. You got the Antenta Quumpos, which I don't even know how this is allowed, but you got Alex Giannis and Thanasis <laughs> as a team. Uh, with the Cavs, you've got Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley as a team, and the Rooks, three different uh, teams here. you got Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, who are unofficially Thunder Legends, and Josh Giddy, officially, officially a Thunder Legend. Yeah. So, so, again, we'll be rooting for the Rooks there. But, like, if you had to pick, man, up, like, I, I think I'm taking the Rooks here because I think, like, versatility like the skills challenge a lot of the time the the thing that people get hung up on is the passing and mm-hmm. i think the rooks like across the board have the best passing so I, i'm taking the rooks here but what do you think yeah I'm, I'm taking the rooks also like as far as like skills challenge you know it's usually you know the the dribbling through the passing the bounce passing into the into that little cannon um and then you know making the shot making the three-pointer and so you know, if you have the the Antetta Kumbos, I think they're going to struggle struggle with trying to make that final three pointer. Um, and then, who is the other team? Uh, the Cavs. So Jared Allen, oh, the Cavs. Yeah. That team. So that team. It de- it depends on what they have them do. Like, mm-hmm. is it going to be like a cumulative of the three, um, or is it going to are, are they going to do like a relay race type thing where? I don't really know what they're gonna do, man. Like they exactly, they yeah. change it every year. They can't get any continuity to it. So I kind of so like I mean, how they, they had it, where it's like a race, and then it was like yeah. knockout at the end. So I don't know how they're gonna do it when they put it together as a team, but I do think there's more versatility on the rookie side. So yeah, and like they're very skilled. They're very skilled rookies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like so. It's it's it's, it's Cade, Josh, and who else? Scotty Barnes. Scott, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> they got it all around, man. They got some shooting, some passing, some rebounding if you need it. So, yeah, I like it. All right, man, three-point shootout. Uh, this has been – this has overtaken the slam dunk contest in the past years as the highlight Uh We got Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, C.J. McCollum of the New Orleans Pelicans – uh, Patty Mills, Carl Anthony Towns, Fred Van Vliet, and Trey Young. So, who is your pick for this illustrious contest, Alex? Um, so Steph Curry's not in it. No Curry after he set the record last year. You know, it would have. I, I think it would have been real cool if, if Clay Thompson would have been in there. Um, yeah, kind of like as a as a comeback type thing. But I want to go ahead and go with uh, hometown legend Trey Young. I kind of figured you was going to go that way. <laughs> um, my, mm. They should have put Lindy Waters in there. You know what? I'm, I'm going to do what you did, man. I'm going to go with a uh, – I'm going to represent for my team, the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm going to take Carl Anthony Towns, uh, one of the best shooting big men of all time. Um, and also an advantage that I don't think a lot of people have considered, like, you know, this is a timed event. He's got longer strides than anybody else in the field. He can get to the rack quicker than anybody else, so could play to his advantage. See, see, uh, so I went the opposite. I thought I would think that him being so long, it takes him longer to like wind up to get his mm. shot off. So, you know, I, I do think that's going to play against him. So, well, I hey, took the shortest guy. You took the tallest guy. Well, my dark horse is Desmond Bain. I, I like Desmond Bain in this contest. But uh, moving on to the slam dunk contest, which has one of the weirdest fields I've ever seen in my life. 
uh, Obi Toppin, Jalen Green, Cole Anthony, and Juan Toscano Anderson for some reason is in this. Um, so Alex, who who do you got in the dunk contest here? I'm gonna go with Toppin. I Are think you? He's really? a proven, yes, I think he's a proven commodity when it comes to dunking. He won last year, right? I have no idea who won. I don't care about the slam contest anymore, slam dunk contest anymore. Yeah, they've it's really lost its luster, man. I, I hope like the, that they like the slam it. dunk the slam dunk contest has to be won by a superstar. Like it has to be won by you know by one of the the best in the game that's also like athletically like oh my gosh this guy. And you know it hasn't really happened since like like Dwight Howard maybe. Yeah. That that you could say oh wow the, the dunk contest is back like every year they they do that oh dunk contest is back it no it's not it's not. But so, I mean, we'll Zach Levine battle was legendary. That was good. That was good. Yes, yes, yes. That was really good. <laughs> that, and that's the last one. That's the last mm-hmm. one that's been great. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to take Jalen Green here. I think that, um, you know, we've seen how explosive he is and, you know, seen some things that he even throws in in-game. Um, the thing with the dunk contest, man, that I want to see and what I really appreciated about Hami's dunks when he won a few years ago, Mm-hmm. I want to see something I've never seen before. Like, I'm tired of seeing yeah. recycled dunks. If I'm a judge, like, if I see something that I've seen before, like, no, you're getting, like, a seven or lower. Like, yeah. I, I want to be wowed. Like, make this contest what it's meant to be. Like, you know, show some creativity. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, re- I'm I'm going for Jalen here, and Cole Anthony's my dark horse. <clears throat> okay. Because he's a little guy that can get up, too. And, you know, little guys, they – they got a little bit more time to do some stuff, so. <laughs> <clears throat> but man, that, that that's it. Oh, All Star Game. Also, uh, who, who you got? Team KD, um, Team LeBron. Team LeBron. Okay, I respect it. All right, man. Well, <laughs> hey, that that's it for the day. You know, we we talked about our team. We talked about the league, and we talked about All Star Weekend. So, guys, I want to thank y'all for listening. All the support. I hope you guys enjoy this break, Um, and I hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Hope you all have a great night. God bless. Wear a mask when you need to. Get vaccinated if you have not. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder Thank you for listening to the Top of Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.